0: the greatest. Wait, so
1: what's your what's Jolie, your theory behind this song Jolie, this morning? I'm confused.
0: Please. Um another one of my icons. Okay. Dolly Parton turned seventy years old yesterday, everybody. Happy birthday Dolly. Oh.
1: and her breasts are fifty. <laughs> right? I then don't she... know.
0: I mean, don't you think she's had those things redone many a times? Oh,
1: so you think they're like new? Oh, I they're hate always to say, new. It's
0: probably too late to spring this on you, but do you can you also find the I will always love you. You know by Dolly. Who? Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton. She wrote that song. Oh. Do you not know this? I don't know this. What? Why would I know this? Am I schooling you on music right now? Well,
1: yeah, you're schooling me on horrendous music, in my opinion. But... I'm going
0: to be honest with you. I'm extra psyched about today's show. Really? I have tons of energy today. Oh,
1: I can tell you have tons of energy. Wait, so when do they sing this song?
0: I Will Always Love You. Dolly Parton originally wrote that song. Really? Yes. The one that Whitney Houston made famous. Oh, my God. And so i go. And yet I know that I'll Thank God you. Oh, my God. Really? I could die. <laughs> Whitney did it better. Uh, no, she didn't. And oh, my God. Love
1: is this from a movie or something? Because Burt Reynolds is in it. And he's got could a sick love stash.
0: Love <laughs> they might have done it.
1: It's got to be from a movie because Burt Reynolds is in it with the most amazing mustache uh, ever.
0: Maybe they did it in the movie 9 to 5
1: is that what it oh is oh my
0: god listen to this part memories oh, oh my gosh! this is
1: there's already people like sleeping they fell asleep on <laughs> the podcast I'll be taking... or you know what they're gonna do oh they're gonna think god. that the rumors that we're going country are true <laughs> oh,
0: fuck you're right oh memories my gosh don't
1: cry. Uh, all right all right sorry dolly <laughs> sorry dolly i can't do it anymore Yes. i love you Dolly. i can't but, uh.
0: believe i just schooled you on a piece of music you know dolly parton originally wrote i will always love you okay with her longtime friend and that she started a band with who she she wrote it burt for? burt reynolds him. no it, burt reynolds might have been in like a video or a movie post that song but dolly wrote it who did she write i will always love you for um was it
1: elton john no george michael
0: uh, no, she wrote it for a Michael guy Jordan. that she worked with for years and years as Hakeem a goodbye. guy. No, no, what is it now? The, here's what you need to know about me as you okay. learn more about the podcast, right? There are some female singers that I would do anything to meet. Right? Yeah,
1: what's what's her name? Stevie Nicks. Nicks. Stevie Nicks. I
0: adore Stevie Nicks. If I could come back as someone, it would be Stevie Nicks. Who's
1: the one that did Tapestry?
0: Oh, my God, Carol King. Carol I, King. <sighs> she was here at the Kennedy Center, and our old boss, Jan, we were supposed to go together and then everyone got fired
1: and then you did cartwheels when he got fired
0: <laughs> yeah i might have cheered when he got canned so that's why we never went I would do anything to meet Dolly. Dolly is fabulous. Dolly. Fabulous. Such an icon for women. Such an amazing singer. And she wrote that song, I Will Always Love You. And then Whitney Houston made it famous. And people have always asked Dolly, how did you feel about that? And she said, if you got the royalty checks that I do from that song, you'd have no complaint. She says, I'm so happy for Whitney. Oh, really? Oh, my God. She made a fortune, she said, off that song. Is that
1: how she built Dolly World? <laughs>
0: Have you ever heard? Do you know anyone that's been there?
1: To Dolly World? Yeah. Yeah, this guy right here.
0: Because my mom and... It's in
1: Branson, Missouri, isn't it?
0: I don't know. No, I've I never been to Branson. Dolly
1: World. Yeah, I, dude. I'm pretty sure Dolly World is in Branson, Missouri.
0: Really? Um, I, My mom and stepfather went. They were not that impressed.
1: Is it? Oh, no. It's no. in Tennessee. Where Pigeon, did I go? It's in
0: Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's where it is. Dolly World Parks Boulevard.
1: Um, I did something in Branson, Missouri that was really redneck, too. <laughs>
0: Well, I would go to Dollywood uh, because I'm such a fan.
1: Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. That's what I went to in Branson, Missouri. (laughs) What the hell is that? Is that a gift shop? It's a a Dixie Stampede dinner attraction in a form of a dinner theater with two locations in the United States. One of which in Branson, Missouri, in which I went to when I was like a sophomore in high school. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, Dolly turned 70 years old yesterday. So she was trending if you saw her on Twitter. Did you notice that?
1: Really? Do you think she's on Twitter? (laughs)
0: Yes, I do think Dolly. Yes, she's a very modern woman, A Sammy. very
1: modern woman. I don't know how modern she'd be, but okay, yeah, sure.
0: Well, anyway, there's a lot that happened, by the way, overnight since our podcast. Jamie Foxx also saved a man what? from a burning car. Like, this story is bananas. So like, I in a up, movie,
1: he saved a man? No.
0: Like, legitimately, in L.A., he saved a man uh-huh. who's all over in the news this morning. Last night, saves a guy from a burning fire. The fire, like, went up in flames after Jamie Foxx dragged the man from the car. Do you know how many things I would set on fire for Jamie Foxx to save me? Oh,
1: I bet you would. What would you set on fire? Sarah, (laughs) would you like to give us a list real quick?
0: The improv. Oh,
1: you set the improv.
0: My apartment complex.
1: Oh, yeah. And then he'd sit there.
0: He's so hot. Wouldn't you want to be saved by Jamie Foxx? Wait, was the accident blamed on alcohol? No, it was an older guy, I think.
1: Uh Mmm, Jamie Foxx. You think when he shows up, does he, like, pull his sunglasses just slightly down, look at you in the eyes and be like, hey, I'm here to save you?
0: No. It was it happened in Hidden Valley. According to witnesses, uh, they identified the guy in the vehicle as a 32-year-old guy, Brett Kelly. Uh, he was speeding westbound when he crashed his 2007 Toyota Tacoma around 8.30 p.m. last night. Oh, right so in front blaming, of Jamie Foxx's house uh, in L.A. So we're LA. blaming
1: it on the a- 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 asshole drive. uh, <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? (laughs) No, this poor guy. If he was speeding and he crashed in front of Jamie Foxx's
0: house. Well, they don't say what, they don't say like how fast over the limit he was going.
1: Hear Jamie, look, you want to hear Jamie talk about it? Yeah,
0: this is Jamie Foxx, by the way, in the news story. He has EMT scissors. Amazing.
1: Hits the window, Clear the glass. I I climb in and
2: I try to hit his his seatbelt, but he's hovered over, so the seatbelt is on him.
0: And uh, so I grabbed the scissors from
1: him, oh, cut yeah. the
2: seatbelt.
0: Uh huh, Jamie. But the, uh-huh. it's on his neck. Oh, okay. cut, it, cut it off of his neck. Sure. Okay. And then yes. as the flames do come into the to the cabin, yes. I lean back. But I think what it did, it
1: it hit his legs. No, those the flames are because yeah, Jamie. Your son's a fighter. And when he extends, he extends out of the cabin.
0: Oh God, he's so hot. All
1: right, I'm just gonna stare at him. He is pretty dreamy. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> can I add wanted. him to my 35 percent Hump Island?
0: Be honest. Yes. What would you Jamie Foxx saves your life. What would I do? Yeah. What do you do? How do you repay Jamie Foxx for how saving your life? How do I repay Jamie Foxx? Oh,
1: pff, I don't even know how I would do it. And at this point, I can't even repay him.
0: Just give him a boatload of snacks. give him a boatload Endless of... Snacks. No,
1: what I would do is I'd probably offer him a handy and be like, if you don't want it, it's cool. I just heard some rumors in the press before. If not, but thank you for saving my life. Uh, what? Isn't there always rumors about Jamie Fox and his sexuality? Isn't there rumors about everybody no. and their sexuality?
0: Well, yeah, of course. I didn't think Jamie Fox. Look, Jamie Fox kind of th- is supposedly with Katie Holmes. Is he? Tom Cruise's ex.
1: Hollywood publicist exposes Jamie Fox as gay man. Really? Cat Williams explains. Oh, God. Why he makes Jamie Fox gay jokes. This makes
0: me so upset because you have a you have a shot with every guy like every, every Paul Wharton now Jamie Fox.
1: Well, yes, It's because what can I say? Men are easy. <laughs> We really have low standards, Sarah. So,
0: (laughs) anyway, that story was breaking overnight, and I just had to. I mean, God, you can't get anyone hotter and so soft spoken. I love when he talks to the press. So,
1: is that going to be as tame as the podcast is going to get today? I'm just curious.
0: Well, no, we actually, I'm very excited because today's, I I cannot wait. I've been meaning, like, waiting to share this with the world. But my longtime mindful living therapist, Mm -hmm. Robin Mize, who, uh practices in tacoma park maryland is here on the podcast
1: okay good i just was gonna make sure that we played this before he talked about your colonoscopy again this is a statement intended to specify oh, the of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship wait what this is your disclaimer the hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years
0: oh. Oh. You, oh, you're so good with that, by the way. Because
1: you always forget, and then you start talking about anal fissures and all this crazy stuff, and then oh. the next thing you know, people complain.
0: Honestly, I would – oh, yeah, 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 people do complain. I'm looking for a tissue. Oh, Can't you're looking for a tissues? tissue?
1: I was like, oh, I'm sorry. This is the... I... Are oh, we that...
0: never mind. Never mind, Sharon. Sharon's our intern. I found one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to do the tissue.
1: Look, at real-life podcast, get... Sarah Gets not.
0: I get very excited when we talk, and then I always am worried that I'm going to do like a snot rocket right oh. on here one of these days. Oh, really? Yeah, so I always have to have a tissue in hand. My have nose you ever waters. been
1: one of those people to sit there and just kind of like, and like blow them? Like, you know, you ever <laughs> no. see people like that? No. Always at the bus stop, I see people like no tissue. So you sit there and oh, just like God, plug so one nostril and just God blow it all out, shit. and then they do the other hand. <laughs> You've never seen it, dude. It's actually—I've no. tried to do it. Very Ugh. difficult to do. It really? Gets, yeah. Like, it, well,
0: that's boy, that's too bad. It takes some
1: skill to do that kind of stuff. So,
0: well, I am very excited because Robin is here, and you have never met my mindful living therapist, right? I have right, Sam? never met
1: your mindful living therapist, well, Robin.
0: I'm gonna say this: Hello, we talk Robin. about you in therapy.
1: Oh, great.
0: <laughs> it's all good things. Now though. I
1: know. I'm like, oh, man. It's like, actually, you know what? Sammy needs therapy. Here's what he said to me today.
0: No, I'm going to ask Robin after we, at the end of this interview, what her assessment of you is. All right, that's fine. Which will <laughs> be, let me tell that's good. you. So I cannot wait to talk to Robin because, like I say on this podcast, and I could get emotional. Therapy completely changed my life. And I really don't believe that we would be here doing this show the way we want and having the confidence to know that this show is going to succeed if I hadn't met Robin. And I certainly know I would never be able to eat normally because really what Mindful Living Therapy and and me finding Robin did was now I actually eat normally. I lost weight without having to be on a diet, and it completely changed my life.
1: Oh, well, I'm into, like I said, I've told you beforehand, many people know this, that I'm into fitness like everybody else. Fitness hole pizza in my mouth, <laughs> no, fitness not, whole burger in my mouth. No, like, it's
0: not fitness yes, like that. It's not fi- fitness anything. Yes,
1: I'm just trying to fit it all in my mouth.
0: So we're going to discuss um, everything about Mindful Living Therapy. What is it? How it can help you change your relationships? And a little bit about, I hope, Robin, I hope that, can we like drop the patient, you know, um, doctor, what is that, like the HIPAA laws? Yeah. Oh, good. Can we just like drop those? I'll like sign the waiver. And then we can just all talk. Uh, we're going to have you up here. We're going to do a couple stories and then we're going to have you up and I can ask you all, all those right, questions. All right. Well, let's start the let's show.
1: Let's start
0: the show. Then. Sarah. Sarah, paper. Sammy, Sarah. so much to Sarah. get to.
1: Sammy oh, trust me yeah. I have so many yeah. questions For your therapist it's a podcast, not a cast pod. Hey, Sammy
0: Well, you can ask Robin Anything you'd like about me And Good. I can tell you right now I'm not bananas Bananas
1: I it, with a B? <laughs>
0: yes, I ah. have it together You've known me for many years Wouldn't you say? I will say,
1: and, like, you're not really that crazy. Like, I feel like I'm crazier than you. you, Because I have definite crazy moments. I look at myself in the mirror and I go, holy shit, you're insane, Sammy. (laughs) I just look at myself and I go, what the hell have you gotten yourself into
0: this time? Oh my god. Well, there's a couple stories I want to get to. And I really think that this is probably one of the the issues that I want to address with you. Have you ever heard of the Cone Marie method?
1: The Cone Marie method?
0: Hashtag Cone Marie method.
1: Cone Marie method.
0: Because one of our listeners actually shared this with me when we, when I was talking about Robin being on and this is i guess it's something to do with like cleaning and purging your life have you ever okay. heard of this
1: okay no i have not heard about so this so the
0: whole cone marie method is trending and i want to come to your apartment cuz here's a little inside scoop about sammy that people might not know you can be a little bit of a hoarder or at least you were at your last place
1: dude i was, just, I was like i just threw away everything in my apartment in my last apartment
0: well i mean in all, in all honesty i do recall one instagram picture that you put up of slash and in the background there were several garbage bags of just like clothing and trash and stuff and people completely ignored the picture of your dog and was like what in the hell is going on in dude, your you apartment had a lot of
1: shit what can i say
0: so, well, what did you do with it
1: i want what that that was probably from a party man
0: but you've uh, been known to collect things.
1: I, I mean, I collect stuff. Of course, who doesn't collect things?
0: Yeah, but what does your apartment look like now?
1: Oh, now it's Can honestly, we see the floors? Uh, sometimes, sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's just you. How can you accumulate all this stuff? Well, right now, do you stuff? understand?
1: I have, like, literally, I have, like, hundreds of boxes just laying around my apartment right now.
0: Why? Because of snacks Because all
1: the stuff that we have. Yeah, I just have all these boxes of, like, plastic bags, labels, blah, 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 blah. So it is really messy. But I am excited to finally, like... My clothes, for instance, they're not all on the floor. I was actually thinking of getting a a baby hamper, like a baby, what do you call it, a baby crib. Okay. And use that as my hamper, because I was like, it's like a huge hamper. (laughs) Why would I get a small hamper if I can just get, like, a crib, and it can hold everything? Oh,
0: my God. That's a sign of a problem, that you're going to buy a baby crib and use that as your hamper? That's a
1: great idea. No, Don't tell me it's not it's a great not idea. Is. Like, if anything, it's you're so trying it. to judge me right now because you're like, shit, that's a fucking great idea. <laughs>
0: no. I'm I should
1: have thought of that one. That's a great idea.
0: No, that's a sign of an Why wouldn't you just buy a smaller hamper and, like, and do laundry more often? And
1: like I've always lived by, okay, the floor is the largest drawer in my closet. And I just consider my apartment to be
0: the entire drawer. You need this book. Okay, Okay, I had never heard of this woman, but apparently she is like a huge cult following. Marie Kondo is her name, and she's the self-described, quote, crazy tidying fanatic. Uh She makes her money by not only selling these books that teach you about the hashtag Marie method, she also does sponsored videos that show you how to fold things into tiny little squares or circles to help you place more stuff in your closet and make it look, look more organized. Now, the controversial part of what she teaches is that she often tells tells people you should go through your house, drawer by drawer, closet, under the bed, hold up an item, and does it spark joy? Ask yourself, does this item bring me joy? If it doesn't bring you immediate joy when you look at it, then you should get rid of it immediately.
1: Okay. Well, so, I do that with a lot of things. Most of my stuff does spark joy in me. I lift it up, I go, oh, that's a Taco Bell sweatshirt.
0: Joy. <laughs> no,
1: oh, God, All this these are shit go-
0: on your floor brings you joy.
1: Look at I'm like I just said, sometimes, you know, I'm busy. I sometimes don't have time to, to take it and actually hang it back up. So I just put it close to me so I can get up early in the morning. i got my clothes right next to me on the floor. Boom.
0: Uh, after you've completed it, then you can, a lot of people put online, I just condoed my closet.
1: Ah, get I get it. You instead condoed, you're...
0: condoed instead of taekwondoed. Uh-huh. You just condoed your closet. Uh, she also says that necessities that you need, you should take a look at them. So this is like a screwdriver, things that make your life easier, and then give thanks to that object. Do you ever see yourself doing that?
1: Oh yeah, I look at screwdrivers all the time. I go, "Thank you, Lord, baby Jesus, for the <laughs> screwdriver." <laughs>
0: You don't even know how to use one. I
1: don't even know what Lord Baby Jesus is either. Exactly. Like, I don't <laughs> know
0: any of that stuff. I would love to come to your place. And honest to God, do a video of us doing the Cone marine Method and you hold up shit. I bet you couldn't get rid of one thing. And I guarantee it doesn't oh, bring could. you that much joy. Well, here
1: thing, I just got rid of a bunch of clothes. So, like, here, I don't... I'll... You
0: did? This is breaking news. What
1: do you mean? I moved, Sarah. We talked about this. I had to get rid of, like, over half my shit. I had to get rid of, like, all my good stuff, too. My kegerator, my popcorn machine. Like candy you machine? Did you did get covered
0: it the popcorn. Why didn't you bring the popcorn machine here?
1: Well, because I, I don't know. I just gave it to some charity. I was like, eh. Even
0: our old boss liked the popcorn machine. Yeah, I machine. know.
1: Except for, some, except for the janitor, who was also our old boss, did not like the popcorn machine.
0: <laughs> um, well, I, you know, look, I, I feel like you would be so good at that.
1: Uh, the con okay, I look I'm cal- Marie
0: hashtag cone Marie method. That's okay. what you're supposed to do, hashtag online after right. you go through your stuff. You do okay. a video of it. But
1: here's the thing, it's gonna annoy the hell out of me if I gotta fold everything into a little square. Like everything. A, no, that's so obnoxious. I'm a guy. I literally take it, fold it, barely, throw it in the drawer and that's it. She
0: actually says Socks and
1: underwear go all in the same drawer. I never have matching socks. Like if I have to have match look, I'm wearing one black and green one. And one orange one today. Like, I never have matching socks. Why would I ever start now? Like, this is going to make me have to match stuff together. It's going to be so obnoxious. That's what to is. So much productivity time. I wonder how, like, with the amount of time she spends tidying, she could probably learn a foreign language.
0: Uh, she's Japanese, so she's already got. She already knows English and Japanese.
1: Again, there's you, just because you're from Japan does not mean you could not learn a foreign language. Oh, like, I know, I know. like.
0: That's not, I know. I'm not okay. She's I'm Japanese,
1: aware. guys. I don't know if you know that, but they cannot learn any other foreign languages. Fuck
0: off. I know what you're saying, but she actually says in the end, if you start tidying up so much, it will save you an incredible amount of time. And once you declutter your space then you have your mind open to so many other things which i truly believe i think if you live in an environment where and i used to date a guy who was a complete hoarder it was like the place was closing in it was so difficult to go we couldn't even have people over okay
1: the difference between me and him though is a i'm not 85 and b i smoke weed (laughs) like i got my own way to declutter my mind like i don't need to sit there and look at a clean room to be like oh man i'm so relaxed
0: well anyway coma re-method if you've ever done it you need to be following us, by the way, and, and email us on social media. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at HeyFrage, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E. And then Sammy is on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, at the TheSammyK. Just so you know, my
1: Snapchat, I only post the most inappropriate thing I see of the day. <laughs> So, so do not follow me if this is too bad for you.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, look, we have tons to get to before we have Robin on. Um, I want to talk about women are putting these mesh balls in their vaginas, and doctors are warning you, do not do it. Okay. It's an herbal womb detox pearl. Have you ever heard of those? An
1: herbal womb detox pearl. Okay, yeah. so this sounds like this would make sense because isn't that like – Tons of like nerve endings and like a huge ecosystem down there.
0: Huge ecosystem. Huge
1: ecosystem. But women
0: are doing this thinking that it's a natural cleanse. So I oh, wanna but- talk about that. Also, I am so upset right now with DC. Have you heard about this fight that's happening at Capitol Hill over a tree house?
1: Oh, yes.
0: Okay, and now it's become like an attraction to go see. So for our DC fans, I want to talk about that stuff. Okay, story. okay. Uh, Tinder actually gives you a secret rating, which I think is is really scary and could be made public. You're, are you on Tinder still?
1: Uh, no. I log on every once in a while to let my friends mess with it, and I log back off.
0: And then uh, a listener actually wrote to us. Her name is Jessica, and she needs some advice. She wants to know if she broke girl code. Um, so let's start this. I, I want to start with a couple of uh, pop culture things before we get into that. Serial, right. um, the podcast, by the way, announced this week that it's going bi-weekly. Do you listen to Serial this second season?
1: Oh, uh, I have even listened to the first season.
0: You never listened no. to the first season of Serial? Never Cereal? got
1: into it. I decided to skip over Serial and go straight to Making a Murderer. I'm <laughs> one of those lazy people.
0: You should enjoy... If you enjoy making a murderer, you'll love cereal.
1: Yeah. I just don't like the lady's voice. And, like, I just really? remember, And I remember Ty, like, having this really bad experience with her. And so I just was like, yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> and so I just kind of never want to support her thing. Is that bad?
0: Sarah Koenig. Yeah. And we had her on when we were on uh, Sarah, Ty, and Mel in DC's One Hundred And you're going to tell me she was the most pleasant
1: person you've ever had on? Um... Exactly. That's what I want to say. And so, like, I didn't want to support her after that. Like...
0: But here's the thing. Okay, Ty asked her a question, which, how she responded, she called him out for asking her a sexist question. Ah. So Julie Snyder, who's the producer of Serial, and Sarah Koenig did an interview with us on 107.3. And one of the questions was, Ty said to her, it seemed like, throughout Serial, that you at one point had an attraction to Adnan... And then. Did you guys have any sort of you know, did you kind of fall in love with him? And she was very offended by that. She thought that was a very sexist question to ask. And why? she was like you would never ask a male reporter that. Um, and she's like, no, at times I had empathy. Well, I think she was just assuming that in order to have empathy for him, she had to be either in love with him or, you know, she just felt like it.
1: And again, why I think she's batshit and why I'm not going to listen to, the pod, to her <laughs> serial podcast.
0: Well, I could understand her point of view. And I think the thing that they didn't like, which This is what I want your opinion on. Okay. And and I'll share mine because this was a big New York Times story this week about them going bi-weekly instead of weekly with this podcast. And we're in the podcast sphere. Okay. And here's what I like about the podcasting realm. And someone called me out for this, and I was like, oh, it's actually true. But, you know, the podcast community really is uniting and supporting other podcasts, Mm -hmm. which is very different from radio. Yeah. Radio is not a supportive medium. Mm, Yes,
1: I would agree with that.
0: Every, okay, because every station I've ever worked for, I was told you can't hang out with other radio personalities. Oh, no, they're such dicks to each other. Of other radio stations. When we were at Hot 99.5, I was told I couldn't be seen out with Tommy McFly uh, in public. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of bullshit like Mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. And it's always, you know, you have to make a choice. You have to be listening to this morning show or that. And nobody in radio, I'm not going to say nobody, but in general in radio, a lot of people are not friends. You're not friends with other. Other personalities. Because you can't be. They don't you really can't. let you be. Yeah, they don't really let you be. That was the part of radio I never understood. Because when you go to Fox Five, when I work at Fox, they're friends with people from NBC. They're friends from with people from ABC. Seven. It, it was just so crazy to me how much radio was so like you're either with us or against us.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why. Uh, but that's at least now. You don't have to worry about that. You're on the podcast, no, Love Fest.
0: But anyway, you know, when we were saying about how we want to take – well, I was saying I want to take down this American life and mm-hmm. be number one under society and culture, a couple people emailed me and they were just saying, hey, you know, in the, po- in the podcast community, it's about supporting people. And the cool part about podcasts is that you don't have to choose just one. And I thought that was an interesting point.
1: Yeah, but make sure you listen to ours first. <laughs> is that what you said is that what you're responding back with
0: no i thought you know what you're right and i think that's what i'm so drawn to about podcasting and why i don't want to go back to traditional radio is because i hated that shit i hated being like you can't be friends with tommy you can't be seen out with someone from WKYS. it was like why who the fuck cares
1: well, they did because they thought that all of a sudden, you know, people were going to start rumors, Sarah. I don't know. I know. You're talking to me. You're like rehashing old stuff that I thought I forgot about. So, <laughs> no,
0: I'm going to be. That's part of I'm therapy. I'm not in
1: therapy, Sarah. You are. <laughs> well,
0: exactly. I've worked through I'm completely these.
1: content with forgetting and moving on. But
0: anyway, I, that's what I like about the podcasting community. So. I think this is good for us to sort of embrace other podcasts. So with Serial, I always want to support them. But this article in the New York Times was just saying that this move for them to go bi weekly, because this season they're yeah. looking at Bo Bergdahl, okay. could potentially be a bad move.
1: Because people are going to lose interest?
0: People are going to lose interest. And the part about podcasting that we knew from the start, right, is people are habitual listeners. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... You better damn well do a podcast Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday, And Serial last year, every single week, you knew on, I don't remember what night it was, but you knew Sunday or whatever, there was a new episode. And that's how they sort of started. But with this story, Bo Bergdahl's situation is just evolving all the time Mm, about his court case coming up. So what's your take? I mean... Look, I think Serial's so big, and by the way, they're getting 3 million downloads per episode still, even with the change.
1: Well, I'm saying this, like, it probably makes more sense because with the Adnan Said case, from what I gathered, it's been a long-term case, right? Oh,
0: yeah, he's been in jail 15 years. So,
1: for a majority of those episodes, they could always just give you backstory, and they could fill that up. But with this Bo Bergdahl case, it's actually happening as we speak right yeah so they can't really give you updates every week if there's really no updates to give you know
0: and that's what they're struggling with there aren't any
1: and it's just be boring
0: yeah i mean i hope it doesn't hurt them because i want to see them succeed they are probably the most download podcast of all time so far Mm -hmm. um but i think it's it's crappy that they're in that kind of position because people want more
1: well you know what all i gotta say is maybe you should have been nicer to (laughs) tie That's karma. <laughs> that's,
0: no. Yep, it's not. That's,
1: that's what I'm going to throw no, at it. No.
0: They weren't comfortable with the fame, which after talking to them, I totally understood. And they're very serious about the work. And they're saying, look, Adnan's situation and, you know, the girl that he allegedly murdered or didn't murder. I mean, someone's life was lost. Like, families were impacted. So, for it to become this pop, pop culture phenomenon and SNL to do a skit on us yeah. really wasn't what we were going for. So, I understand that. Bah, I mean,
1: blah. Th- but I, you think they complain when they're getting driven around on their Porsche? <laughs> So, Doubt it.
0: I know. Um, a couple other pop culture things to know about. Are you going to be watching the 10-episode FX miniseries, The People vs. O.J. Simpson?
1: You've got
0: it. February 2nd, getting a ton of buzz. It's supposed to be great. I'm very excited about this, by Really? Way.
1: But hold on. I'll tell you exactly how it ends. He's, he gets off. <laughs> Boom. Now why do you need to watch the whole thing? It's because like 10 episodes of what? It's For me to tell you what happened. It's like when I watched Notorious. I bring this up from yesterday, too. I already knew how it ended.
0: Well, David Schwimmer is in it, as well as John Travolta. Um, They play... uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it as well. Um, Wait,
1: which one of the three is going to be OJ? So,
0: Cuba Gooding Jr. is going to be Mr. Simpson, John Travolta and Courtney B. Vance, and Courtney B. Vance as defense lawyers, Robert L. Shapiro and Johnny Cochran Jr. Ah. Sarah Paulson as the prosecutor, Marsha Clark, and David Schwimmer as the Simpsons confidant, Robert Kardashian. Now, they say what's going to be interesting about this is that Robert Kardashian actually hated fame and was much, much different than the... The current Kardashians that you see today, because yeah. you know Robert Kardashian is Kim and Chloe and Rob's yes. biological. Well, father.
1: supposedly Chloe's everyone still that's up in the air. Doesn't everyone talk about that? That's well, the why rumor was so that
0: Khloe Kardashian is actually O.J. Simpson's daughter.
1: Because she's much taller, much broader in the shoulders, much more different than the other Kardashians, you mean?
0: Yes. So that I would agree. Reasons. February 2nd on FX. So I think you're going to see inside, they say you're going to see never before kind of angles and arguments with the defensive well, team. Well, spoiler I'm really alert, excited.
1: the glove does not fit, so he must acquit. <laughs> Boom. So,
0: and then I want to know what you think about this. Do you think full frontal is Samantha B. Uh, She's going to launch her late night campaign to try and take on Colbert and some of the big ones on TBS. February eighth, the debut of her new weekly TBS series, Full Frontal, will have a woman trying to take on the late night sphere. What do you think?
1: Wait, so is this her like actually doing a like an actual talk show?
0: Yes. Well, no, a late night show. So like a monologue, the whole thing on TBS. Skits, interviews with
1: celebrities.
0: Yes. All right. So I believe she'll be on after uh, Conan O'Brien, who's also on TBS. Aren't
1: there already, like, 17 late-night shows going on at the exact same time?
0: Well, yeah, but there aren't many women hosting. That's what's unique about Samantha Bee, who used to be uh, the daily show correspondent. Because I would say in the mainstream, there hasn't been a woman. Chelsea Handler did it, but she was on E. Yeah. I don't know. Would you really? But still,
1: TBS, is that really saying you succeeded?
0: I, th- I think it is. TBS, though, isn't, I mean... It's where her launching uh, pad is going to be, from okay. TBS. So what do you think? Do you think a female late-night host will work? Do you think I'll they can it. compete I mean, with Kimmel, Fallon?
1: Well, I think the issue is, like, like with Conan's issue, Like he's still really good at what he does, but he doesn't have the same oomph because he doesn't have that same network power that he used to have. You know.
0: I, well, that is the hard part about so TBS, to, is who's yeah. watching. It's
1: so who's watching that, especially if you ha- when you're competing against Kimmel, Colbert... I know. Fallon That's going to be A tough sell
0: It is going to be A tough sell It is going to be A tough sell uh, Let's do some click We'll get into These stories here And then we can uh, Leave lots of time To talk to Robin Because okay. I'm very Excited about hey, this Me too Yeah
1: Ain't nobody Fucking with my click
0: Click, click, so, click, Sammy, click. I was warning you about these herbal womb detox pearls, and now doctors are saying do not use these. These pearls, which are $15 a pop, are packets of herbs intended to, quote, cleanse the womb and return it to a balanced state. Women have been inserting them in their vaginas, and doctors are warning you that it could make you very ill And even cause viruses and sicknesses. Oh, no. Yes. So, wait. So,
1: some genius out Ah. there was like, all right, I got this chamomile tea. What if you stick it up here?
0: Exactly. You should see them. They're like little mesh balls that are supposed to restore balance in your vagina. I'm
1: actually looking at a video of some lady remove hers right now as we speak.
0: Okay, well, this is kind of the gross part, right? So, if you don't want to be grossed out, you may not want to listen to this. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, on the website and reviews of these herbal pearls, as proof that the pearls are working, the Embrace Pangea site features photos of the discharge. It's gross. A doctor says that these photos are only evidence that the pearls are not good for you. "Quote: The vagina makes excess discharge when a there's irritation, b infection, or c an absence of good bacteria." Oh my
1: gosh, this is so nasty. <laughs> Why am I still watching? These
0: this? could inflict long-term damage, so they say. Be very, very careful. I love this. As you guys know, I'm into all natural stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've over-plucked your eyebrows over the years, which I am really guilty of, and guilty. you're trying to no you have plenty of facial hair
1: i have plenty of eyebrows too and
0: i was used to using latisse you know latisse is um a formula that will help you grow eyelashes thicker eyelashes okay and i was applying that onto my eyebrows and you actually told me oh dear god you're uh, trying to get you're trying more to get a hair.
1: unibrow? <laughs> I thought you were trying to connect it in the middle.
0: No. I'm trying to grow out this stuff.
1: Oh, oh, just the- that little front part.
0: See, because you're supposed to take a pen, and your eyebrows are supposed to start. Like, you put the pen right next to your nose. Yeah. And where the tip is at the top of your eyebrows is where your eyebrows start. You know but what? mine don't start there, do they?
1: I know you have your be therapist here. But I'm going to be your therapist right now. Sarah, you know what? Everyone's individual and unique in their <laughs> own ways. Why are you trying to sit there and fit into some sort of constraint? <laughs>
0: because I conform to this stuff. Okay. Um, Uh, You know what they're telling you? To use castor oil, which is an all-natural, supposed amazing oil, according to bustle.com, that will help you grow your hair. You put a drop in the morning and a drop in the evening, massage it in where you want the hair to grow, and castor oil will help you. I love that tip. Oh. I want this podcast to be sponsored by castor oil. It's amazing soap. Do you know that? You
1: do realize that castor oil is what they make a lot of lube out of, right? Yes, so but it's n- all natural on, for so you. She's so rubbing lube on your eyebrows, and
0: lube will help them grow. This
1: sounds like a joke to me. It sounds like someone's <laughs> trying to pull a prank, <laughs> like with these, like with these vagina herbs.
0: <laughs> When you say things like that, you know, you question if I actually read the story. You question no, no, I don't tr-
1: question because I didn't read the story. I just is like, isn't castor oil one of the main ingredients in lube? I don't know why I know that, but I know that.
0: It's a major... I only bathe with castor oil. Oh. Dr. Brennan's castor oil. It's amazing. You dilute it with a little water. Put it on your face cloth. Okay. Really good for you.
1: All right. Well, I apologize. I had no All idea. All natural, no
0: chemicals, no perfume. Sarah I enjoy Sarah bathes that. with lube. <laughs> okay. Um... I love this tip, too. So if you want to be very successful, how the two top percent think and balance their time is key. Business Insider has a great article out this week that most people live in a reactive state, right? So they mm-hmm. work on stuff until someone distracts them. Then they react to what the other person needs. And this applies, to if you're in business, right? You're going okay. along in business. You, you don't really plan for anything major. You don't foresee some things, right, mm-hmm. happening. And then you're just in reactive mode. Well, now they're saying that the best way to get ahead, whether it's personal or biz- is business, is to block out one, two, or even three hours of time with no agenda and just literally allow yourself to think every single week. Do you do this?
1: Do I just sit around because I have nothing better to do and just think about yes. what I can do? No, because I've always got shit to do. Really? Yeah, I'm always running around doing stuff.
0: I love this idea. Um, so they're saying Business Insider is saying some of the most successful people will plan for just an hour where they sit, do nothing. We're talking no phone distractions, no television distractions. Maybe you're taking time just walking in the woods, um, eating quietly, and just thinking about what your future will be. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? I think you need that with snacklands.
1: Sarah, I think I'm fine. I, got, I still got a lot of shit to do. I still have a lot of work to do.
0: I'm just saying. I think, honestly, you should think about it.
1: All right. Well, I'll think about it. Oh, right. thought about it. No. Nope.
0: <laughs> I love this. I'm going to start blocking out an hour of time. I think that would be so good. It's like meditating. It's just But see, it's all, this advice, time all this
1: advice you give me, it's like, oh, you should do this. Your life will be so much better. But that's like hours. Like, that's folding everything in my house into a square, it's going to take hours of my life. Sitting there and spending two hours a week just doing nothing. That's hours in which I could be, I don't know, hanging out with my friends or being social or exploring the city or – I don't know.
0: Well, you can do that if – you can explore the city if you're being quiet and just not all these other distractions. Sarah, and it's think the about city. Snacklins. What could what could stop Snacklins from being a billion-dollar Why wouldn't snack? I think
1: about the Hey Phrase podcast? Like,
0: Well, I would love that too. Will you think about this podcast? What could I
1: do on the podcast yes. to make it more – Less I don't even know. Is
0: this your number one priority right yeah, now? Yeah, it is. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well Duh. yeah. I need you to spend more time thinking about because people want more funny from you.
1: Oh, they want more funny from me.
0: <laughs> At least I do. Okay. I want to be entertained all the time by you.
1: I know, it's like I'm a jester to you. <laughs> monkey, do your trick. I know. Roll over, monkey.
0: I'm going to really put the pressure on you the night we do the live show. You better pull a rabbit out of your asshole, because What I if want I it.
1: actually learned how to pull a rabbit out of my asshole? <laughs> so,
0: I would love you so much. Would
1: you be impressed?
0: Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I'd give you a raise. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry. He's not breathing, but he was there, though, for at least a solid five minutes. I can promise you that much.
0: <laughs> okay. Just leave the ears out of your butt, and then you can just...
1: Just pull it out? It's yes. like... Yeah. No, that's disgusting. <laughs>
0: I need you to be extra funny that night. All right,
1: all right, all right. I'll pull. Up, I'll stick a rabbit in my ass. All
0: right, we are, we're like running out of time. So there was a couple other stories that I wanted to promote, mm-hmm. but tell me which one we should do before we have Robin on. Okay, the Treehouse Disaster in DC that's now become like a tourist attraction yes tinder gives you a secret rating that might become public nice or jessica wants to know if she broke girl code which story do you want and then the others we'll just get to Mm. tomorrow
1: okay well i want to because this uh, treehouse thing is very topical i've heard about that one i like that one
0: well i want to know what your thoughts on this are these are for all our dc listeners capitol hill there's a blue and gray treehouse it's absolutely adorable by the way it's up in a tree obviously (laughs) well sometimes you know you can make it like a a, a little like a What's like? We had a treehouse. Why do I have
1: to bring the funny when you bring the funny? This is.
0: (laughs) Well, when I was growing up, we had a treehouse, but my parents didn't want to put it in a tree because they were afraid we'd fall out or that my my brother and I would push each other off the Mm -hmm. treehouse. So we had like a little cabin, if you will, that was on the ground. Oh,
1: it was on the ground. We kind
0: of called the treehouse because it was out in the trees, but it wasn't up in a tree.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But this one's a little castle. You know what it looks like?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I've seen. Is it adorable? It's really really nice.
0: So apparently, this is dividing the neighborhood in Capitol Hill. But now people are also furious because it's turned into a tourist attraction where people are coming to see where this little treehouse is causing such an uproar. Okay, it's a blue and gray house, and a, a couple had permit. They say that they actually wrote to the district several months ago when they decided to build this for their two children. Um. At issue is the eight-foot-high treehouse that juts into public space by about 20 inches, okay? The castle is perched on a 100-year-old elm tree on U, in a U-shaped alley called Archibald Walk, all right? So that's a narrow street near G... And six in southeast. Yes. All right? And there's all these, like, little adorable row homes. And the treehouse jets over into the alleyway where you would be walking, right? So you could kind of walk underneath it just about, like, 20 inches. Yes. Okay, so we're not talking about a major... No, you
1: can see that it literally goes over the fence about, like, like, a foot and a half, like you said.
0: Okay, got it. So, anyway, the couple says that it's caused such a huge outroar with neighbors now demanding that it come down. They're even even—they're even having a specific meeting for it coming up this week uh, to have it torn down. Now, it's divided the neighborhood because some think it's a harmless treehouse, and why not keep it up? But others say that code is code. It violates that, and if you allow one code to be, you know, if you loosen the restrictions if on that. If you
1: break one law, then it'll become anarchy. What old fart is complaining <laughs> about this? <laughs>
0: Have you gone over to see it yet? Because I'm dying to go see I it. I haven't gone to
1: see it. I've seen a bunch of pictures of it all, and honestly, it's just a lame treehouse. Like, I would be more... Ash- if I was the person complaining, I'd be more ashamed of myself because I was like, God, I've, I'm i that much of a loser now that I have nothing better to do than complain about 18 inches of a treehouse.
0: I know. It's a- and it's
1: above where you are, so it's not, like it's, in, it's not like it's blocking traffic. It's not like it's blocking cars. It's just sitting there. And the fact that they tried to make him go and apply for a permit... It would have been the first time that anyone ever had to apply for a public space permit for a treehouse. Like, how how screwed up has she gone?
0: They're having a public hearing January 28th to vote on it. Uh, The couple that built the treehouse say they even went around to neighbors and put flyers under their door saying that they were going to build it several months ago. Nobody had an issue with it then until it's up now.
1: So, yeah, no, they're don't fine. you feel
0: like this is so typical D.C.? I feel like this is the only part of the city that I don't like Or people are so uptight about things. About it's a treehouse. Tree tree house. Like they
1: have nothing better going it's on. It's
0: a treehouse.
1: I think the problem with D.C. is a lot of people here have very serious jobs and every decision they make at their job is really serious. And so they go home and they think that, you know what? Everything in my life is that serious, and I just kind of want to kick them in the balls sometimes and be like, "No, man, it is just yeah. a treehouse." You know,
0: what? I feel like that's how these meetings should end. Like, yeah. if these if these people that have a problem with like the guy in Poolsville who built that beautiful uh, skating rink that mm-hmm. everyone was coming to, but they said that was on like yep. private farmland, you know, government that they farmland. They weren't even using the farm on. Ne- They haven't used in years. Yeah. They should kick them in the balls if they lose. I think no.
1: Actually, let's take this. Let's one step further. Okay, so I think it's like, all right, you want to make a public complaint. <laughs> you must let someone kick you in the balls because if it is not worth you getting kicked in the balls, then you know what? It's probably not worth you complaining about either. I agree. But like, if it's really like, all right, fine. You know what? I really care about this issue. I will take a wallop to the nads. No questions asked. That's fine. Then boom. I can get kicked and I'll come and I'll give my complaint. Because otherwise, if you won't do that, it's really not worth complaining.
0: Well, Lorraine Heckenberg, I don't know if she has balls, but we could definitely kick her in the vagina. She lives nearby and she's one of the people complaining.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's not my theory. Just got screwed with that one. <laughs>
0: well, well, you got to, you know what? It works either way. It's about equality. Okay. One yeah. way or the other, we're just kicking you in the crotch.
1: Exactly. If you are not down with us kicking you in the crotch, then you should not complain.
0: She alleges that it overwhelms the public space. She says she'll be at the meeting on January 28th. She is also concerned about the lack of permitting and code enforcement when the structure was actually built. Heckenberg said that she has spent as many as twenty hours a week in an effort to have the treehouse removed from the public portion of the alley. You need a fucking This
1: lady, okay, no, this lady I'm actually gonna go to this uh to this public meeting, public hearing yeah. myself just to take pictures of this lady and post it all over social media and be like, Hey, do you see this lady? She is the world's most miserable <laughs> old lady. Like holy balls. Like
0: I know. Well, from kicking, you know, people in the crotch to my therapist. Exactly. That's That's a great segue. segue. Exactly. So uh, I'm super, super excited about this because Robin Mize is here. Robin has been my therapist for, Robin, come on up. And we're going to have you um, talk really, really close to this microphone. And don't be like Sarah, touch the microphone all the time. Here, I'll help you so you don't fall. Oh, my God. We need steps. (laughs) Robin this is Sammy by the way hey Robin so very I'm nice me. to meet you nice to finally meet you too do I turn this yes I got you there you go yes Thank you. I was asking you before when you were sitting in the audience I was like oh can we just ruin all those is it the HIPAA? Law? is that the one yes you- oh confidentiality oh yeah can I sign a waiver for today that? yes just for today because I want to go up to you <laughs> yes totally <laughs> totally Robin you can't you can say anything about okay. therapy because this really is for our listeners okay because I I think I was telling you this. Um, I've had so many emails of people that are like, "Can you tell me who your mindful living therapist is? How you started going? You know, interesting. People are so interested in it. Yeah, it really is, isn't yeah. it? Well, tell us um, what mindful living and mindful eating really is. Okay, well. We should start with what you think it is, maybe. I know you know what it is, but, Sammy, what do you think
2: it is?
1: Honestly, I think it's you just tell me, you know what? If you feel bad, don't do it. (laughs) If you feel good, do it. Like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't really seem, I don't know. That's that's what I think it is, at least. At least that's how it's kind of, uh, whenever you see, like, any sort of, like, Mindful therapy or like life coaching, like portrayed, they always make it seem like it's so abstract and so crazy, right that i 'm just kind of that's kind of what I feel it is too,
2: like you have to meditate or something like you have to, to be... sit
1: there, yeah like yeah. no i'm I meditate with three straws in my ears <laughs> because you know it's something like that I just if you're don't... not
2: meditating forty five minutes every morning, then you're not being mindful enough
1: exactly i don't know I don't believe that stuff so but
2: mindful is not you i mean meditation helps you be mindful, but it's not what it 's really about, and i Jack Cornfield calls it loving attention which I love. It's loving kind of better loving attention. Mindfulness becomes such a catchword these days that it's really about just being awake, trying to awaken to whatever your patterns are, being tuned into what your inner life, what's going on in your emotional life so you're not reactive in the world. Yeah. And then once you know what's going on, you don't judge it. That's really important. That's really the most important thing cuz you might say, "Oh my god, I'm I'm eating the whole box of cookies cuz I'm, you know,
1: uh are delicious.
0: <laughs> well, I used to hate yeah. myself. So it would be like, yeah. "Oh my god, I feel like I'm never going to succeed. I'm ugly. I right. hate my body. I'm never going to be naturally thin." And then I just start eating and then it was just it's more It's like a trigger for negative. eating. The more
2: you judge yourself, the more you Spiral into these false refuges that are addiction or overeating or whatever it is.
0: Well, and I think too, you know, Sammy and I. Part of the reason too I wanted to have you on is Sammy and I have such a different kind of outlook about therapy. And I think a lot of people, I'm sure you see them all the time, uh-huh. I don't think really understand like what therapy is about. Like I, and I want to talk to you about this part of it because we'll okay. just talk about every, 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 everything. Okay. But I think a lot of times. Um, Even if, like, I never had any childhood trauma, right? We've talked about that. Like, I had wonderful parents. They were great. Until, you know, my family unit really exploded when I was 15 and my dad passed away from cancer. But, so I had a great childhood. It wasn't about that. But I think what people need to know about therapy and why I wanted you to be on today is just it's nothing major had to happen in your life, but it just is so good to guide you through what is currently happening. Whether it's a work situation, whether it's personal dating you know and i just think for me there were things that were were happening in my life over and over that never seemed to be progressing and that was sort of my sign that like hey i need to seek some other help because like the weight is always an issue and on top of that you know i was i was in a work environment at the time that was very very toxic but i couldn't really figure out what was toxic about it right it's exactly
2: what is what mindfulness or awareness does is it's like turning the lights on in a dark room. Yes. If you keep repeating in patterns in your life of behavior, of negative behavior, you find yourself in the same bad relationship over and over, you're, you're addicted to food or alcohol or shopping or whatever it is, and you hate yourself for it, but you don't know what, why you keep doing it, it's like being in a dark room and you keep bumping into the furniture. You, know, you have to turn the lights on and say what is really going on here and mindfulness is a way of turning the lights on in your emotional landscape becoming familiar with it so you're not just randomly you know uh, going through life unconscious of why you're doing things
0: okay so take us through an example right like what's something I mean you can use me as an example Mm -hmm. of when clients come to you it's what like a, it's a work environment or it's a relationship right. like what's something that um you're just always dating a guy who never treats you well right I mean, would that be like kind of a, a red flag of okay maybe i need to start turning the lights on yeah
2: why do i what is it about him and about this relationship that is attracting me because mm. you, you think and we've talked about this too like when you feel that kind of fall in love and you go Oh, my God, that's the one. Often that's because they are speaking to the wound in you, you know. And that's where you're like, okay, hold it. Why am I so attracted to that same kind of person that keeps being bad for me, keeps being wrong for me? And you get to the bottom of it. And so for Mm. you, you were dating much older guys. Right. You realized you hadn't really processed a lot of the grieving your loss of your dad yeah and that was a surprise and often it is it's like it's it's kind of obvious that when you realize it you're like well yeah maybe i should have done that but you don't realize it's not obvious till you get it out there on the table you know what i mean okay but i have a question though. from
1: the outside perspective though i also look at this like well what if sarah just liked old dudes like what i guess she does It have to be that she was actually filling in some sort of void
2: well no but if she if she does then it wouldn't come up as a problem. And oh. also, maybe she realizes why, and she's still like, yeah, but I still do, so, okay. you know. But it was not something you were happy about. You were like, why no. Why do I do this? No. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, for me, I feel like probably, and I know I hate drawing lines in the sand, because mm-hmm. we've sort of, like, I love, one of the many, many things that I love that you have given me is, Nothing has to be black or white. Like everything can be in the gray, you know, Right. to some extent. And yeah. I love that because I just think the older guy thing was really seeking these cuz the relationships I was in, these guys were more like a dad. You right. know, they were very like attracted to kind of nurturing me and, and you know and, and then and, bossing you. Right. And then bo- <laughs> yeah, I mean it really, right? and and really it was then becoming about their life. Yeah. Like I never dated an older guy that really wanted to create a life together it was kind of like well you seem like you need this let me guide you to doing this right. and then you come along for my life yeah and that's like not what i wanted yeah. but i couldn't i didn't figure that out at all until yeah. i saw you well one thing i remember a big thing you're just
2: so nice and you were always caring about other people and what they thought and needed so it was hard for you to have a strong voice number one we were first firing your first trainers yes (laughs) and you didn't want to go to them anymore you hated it oh my god I don't want to do that anymore I think I'll just tell them you know I'm going to take a break and I was like well why would you say that when you really just want to quit and you were like well I don't want to
0: hurt their feeling remember this yes yeah oh my god well we still work through that and I would be curious um and you can, if you can't say certain things, just tell us. We're like totally roll with it. But do you get? I feel like as a woman, that's the hardest thing, right? And you and I yes. talk about this all the time: yes. is finding that balance. And Sammy, and there's another guy on this show a lot, Bowtie Joe, will often tell me, "You're too nice." Right. You know, the difference between being accommodating and being nice. yeah You can be nice and say no.
2: Do that you, doesn't mean you're not nice. Do a lot of the clients that come to you are they people pleasers? Yes that's certainly a huge thing right with um you know with mostly with women but with a lot of people do that and it's partly and then why why do you do that that's the interesting part that's turning the lights on that's mindfulness it's like oh i'm doing this and i don't want to why am i doing this and i don't want to and you just
0: pause like uh, tara brock talks about the pause <gasps> button i love her by the way if people aren't downloading her podcast tara yeah. brock has an amazing, and she's local. Have you heard of Tara Rock? I've not
1: heard of Tara Rock. Really? Not really too keen on the Mindful Living podcast. Uh, <laughs> not really got home why, yet, Sammy? To, why not? I know, I know. Weird, weird, weird.
0: Yeah, why? Do you have you ever have you ever thought about going to therapy? Have you ever explored that? I think you were telling us once you did, right? When you were in high yeah, school, yeah, I thought
1: it was a complete crock of shit. <laughs> And I used to date, like, a psychiatrist who would always sit there and be like, you know, Sammy, because you react like this, it's because of this. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm reacting like this because you suck, all right? And what you did right now, that sucks, and that makes me feel like you suck, and so I'm upset right now. That's it. Like, it's never – like, I feel like a lot of times they try to fill this gray area. With me, a lot of it's black and white, and it is. It's just like, no, 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 you did this. I react this way. I know why I did it. But people always try to break me down into more complexes like no, I'm pretty simple I'm a pretty simple creature. <laughs> See, so
0: that's true, Robin. Cause I feel like I honest to God, and I say this on every radio show sense, I'm like every single person should be in therapy. Like I don't care who you are if you've had a great childhood, right. if you had a terrible childhood everybody because nobody's life is perfect and like tragedy happens all the time and things come up and you know people i think that's why too like a lot of we get a lot of women and men who write to us and are devastated about breakups and i feel like you know you and i've kind of talked about that like nothing is really forever like you do have to be like live in it and You know, it is devastating, and to grieve through that, but there's always hope. Like, You know, I just think... It's trying to understand... It's really, instead of therapy, we should just call it self-awareness. Self-awareness. Because otherwise, you're like
2: this... Well, I mean, it's what you were talking about in in your room, Sammy, if there's shit everywhere and the lights are off, you're going to trip and fall and, you know, find yourself face down on the floor and be like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just turn the lights on?
1: But you'd be amazed at how organized my mess is. Like... In your head or in your room? <laughs> oh, no, in my head. I'm still like, no, 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 no. I know exactly where my kitchen shears are. Hold on. It'll be under a pair of underwear by my pair of shoes in the corner. I know exactly where they are, where I left them.
0: So on top of being mindful eating, mindful living, you're also a family therapist. Yeah. So you'll see couples, yeah. families. Who is, tell us about like, who comes to I don't see
2: families. You. I see couples and individuals. Couples and individuals. Yeah. Okay. Because it's hard for me to deal with parents. I love the yeah. kids, <laughs> but, so, but, I, but I love couples, that's mm-hmm. great, and that that's also really about, we're just talking about emotional intelligence, right, which you can say is self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-regulation, and then thinking about the other person in your relationship, so, so mm-hmm. having binoculars instead of just a telescope, your own vision of what's going on, you see it through your view and their view, And then you get the whole picture. You know how much better it is when you're looking with binocular vision.
0: Yeah. So
2: that's what couples therapy is mostly about. It's like helping people see the the secondary emotions are the anger and you suck stuff. And then there's the primary emotion of I just feel... uh, Abandoned by you
0: when you withdraw. Yes. I feel blamed by you when you're criticizing me all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Dan and I have been through that. Like, Mm. it's just, that's what I think is so amazing is like what people don't realize about therapy and mindfulness is your relationships are so much stronger. Yeah. So much more intense when you get to the, you know, all kinds of things like you were talking about Mm. anger. withdrawn all those are just sort of symptoms or side effects from like what the root issue really is right you know how that person grew up or how they were treated you know but it's don't you just think all it takes so much
2: courage to get to that point of being that close that intimate <gasps> being oh that God. vulnerable where you're not saying just you suck and i'm mad at you but you're saying i'm actually afraid right now of loving you so much that I'm going to lose you or whatever. Yes, is. Yeah. which is a big
0: issue for me. Like that's, you know, yeah, I mean, I think what well, we've talked about this, like I am extremely close to my mom and brother yeah. and niece, like I'm terrified of losing them, you yeah. know, and I think like with Dan talking about our relationship and working through our issues, it mm-hmm. is that kind of, you know, oh my yeah. God, you never, I, I just, it's hard to like let him all the way in because, yeah. oh my God, if he gets sick, like because I've invested. had that kind of loss. Yeah. I mean, not everybody has lost someone in their
2: precious inner circle, you know. But once you have, you're like, okay, this is real. This can happen. Yes. So I'm not letting anybody else in. I've already got the people that are here. (laughs) I don't want them to go anywhere, but if I let someone else in, that's another loss. Yeah. you, You forget, you skip over the benefits of that relationship and you go straight to, I don't want to lose them.
0: Mm. I know. know. I mean? yeah. yeah, it's very, it's very tough. Yeah. So there's a couple of themes that have come up in my life and, and people write to me about. One is food, right? right. That's really how I found you. Right. Circle Yoga and Chevy Chase, this was many years ago, was going to do a women's weekend. And right. you were going to be one of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think it got canceled or something. But I was at such a low point. I had been on every single diet. I would right. gained and lost 150 pounds. I had no idea what it was like would ever be like and i i had a trainer tell me you better find a diet because you're going to be on one your whole life and that was like (gasps) oh my god so
2: horrible
0: i just said that kind of thing what am i gonna do how am i ever gonna live on a diet like i can't and never eat carbs again and it was just you can have chicken and salad and that's it for the rest of your life
1: Okay, I'm not going to lie, though. Sometimes when Sarah talks to me about what she eats, though, and you say you're not on a diet, but it sounds like a diet to me. Like, it still <laughs> how, does how so? sound like a diet. Like, how you're like, I've never had McDonald's. I've never had this. I don't had this. I only have this. Oh, yeah, I had some steamed fish with, like, a nice salad. Like, that to me still sounds like a diet, even though it seems like you've just kind of gotten more used to it, though. What yeah. do you eat, Tammy? Dude, I, whatever the hell I want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Yesterday, I, country fried steak and quesadillas, man. Why? Because I can. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I eat whatever. Like, whatever comes to me if it looks good, I eat it. Well, no what are the
0: things. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. Is that weird? Isn't? That, I, th- I thought that was how people did it. <laughs> oh, okay, that looks good. I happen to be hungry. I should eat it. And boom.
2: But there you go. You were hungry, right? Yeah.
0: That and that in itself was something that you never. I didn't know what my hunger felt yeah, like. Yeah, ever. no idea. No idea. I mean, you know, when people would go, oh, well, your stomach growls, I never even knew what that was right. like because I was on a diet where you had to eat every two hours or you could only eat, you could right. eat whenever you wanted, but you couldn't eat. You weren't supposed to listen to your body. Exactly. You were imposing a structure from outside. Exactly.
2: But eating healthy is a different thing than being on a diet. And what we're talking about, the diet mentality, and then the, it's, it's, you know there's this theory of mental health is that you stay in that middle flexible Mm -hmm. zone you don't go into rigid controlling or chaotic no control you stay in that you know you don't have to fold your clothes into little squares Mm. but they don't have to be all over the room either you know like there's a middle ground there and you were in this extreme rigid dieting and then the chaos of binging yes and never finding that and it's It's a horrible way to live. I mean, you just don't (gasps) ever experience, like, I'm relaxing. I'm not thinking about food 24 hours a day, right? I mean, that's what happens. So
1: then (laughs) would you agree with me that the middle ground between having my clothes on the floor or having squares would be to have a huge baby ba- <laughs> crib and just throw it all in there like it's cuz that's love, at least middle ground you know I love
0: how
2: you called it a baby hamper a baby hamper i don't know what it's called
1: but clearly i don't hang out with kids that often a the crib thing, you
2: know that baby the hamper the baby sleepy thing babies in yeah
1: all right now i understand see now this totally makes sense sarah i'm getting the crib
2: so it, it t- does make sense that's a yeah. good middle ground
1: it's great middle ground yeah
2: and then you can cover it with like a blanket if someone comes over and no
1: one will know and then if i ever have a kid <laughs> oh, Lord. boom i'll teach them how to fold my laundry so they can be in the crib folding my laundry at the same time this <laughs> okay. <It> sounds great
0: <laughs> oh my god uh, i'm sure this is the type of therapy you <laughs> think. i think it's a great solution i mean that's a good one so uh, what's your philosophy on diets by the way do you believe diets ever work? I do not believe
2: that diets work because they create a dieting mentality which creates a deprivation mentality. So then, that doesn't mean you don't change the way you eat if you need to lose weight. Mm. You know, it's just very different to say I'm going to think about what I eat so I don't gain weight or so that I can lose weight and saying you're on a diet. And some people would say, no, that's exactly the same thing. But it's really not the same thing. and And that's why... People that are chronic dieters are like experts on losing weight, uh-huh. but they can't mm. lose weight. And that's because they're always dieting, and then they're even if they do lose the weight, they swing back into overeating because they've been deprived. And so you can't have that feeling of deprivation. It has to come from a yes place. Mm. Like I'm saying no to these things because there's a bigger yes in me of I want to be healthier, I want to lose weight, where if it's just a dieting mentality, it's just no, 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 mm. until you get to this... Yes, yes, yes. You know. Yeah. It's, it's. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very
1: lopsided. Is what you're saying? Kind of. You yeah. get a lot of extremes. Exactly. And those are what not good. Look, I learned something. Extremes not <laughs> bueno for me. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: Um, I. I Did you just... diet, Tammy?
1: Uh, no. No, I did one time, because uh, I got this endorsement, so they were paying me tons that of money to do it. That
0: was terrible, too, by the way. What was it? Like well, a-
1: here the thing, is they pretty much, I kind of read into it and figured out what they were doing, they gave me all these pills and stuff, and so I just started taking just the fish oil, and then I worked out, and I was pretty much just, like, <laughs> lost the weight so I could make the money, and then, boom. I don't know.
0: I, Gained it all back.
1: Whatever, I mean, but I haven't, though. Like, I lose it still. Like, I'll probably go up and down over the course of the year, 20 pounds, every year. And it's not like it's not like I mean to do that, it's just shit gets crazy like oh i was in malaysia or i was traveling on asia okay i was walking every day drinking a ton of water i just happen to lose the weight and then i come back get a little bit lazier and then i'll gain
2: but that's because you're young and your metabolism is so healthy and fast as you age what happens is people tend to put on about five pounds a year accidentally you know like they get that up and down thing and then suddenly it's just a (laughs) five pounds a year and then suddenly you're my age you're 58 and you're 20, 30 pounds overweight.
1: And that's why my dad doesn't look the same he did in his wedding picture? Okay, (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense.
0: Robin, what about, I mean, I read an interesting article a couple weeks ago that came out that was essentially saying that really gaining weight and why we're so heavy Mm. in America is there is an emotional component to it. Do you find that most of your clients, including me that come to you, it's all being overweight and eating issues is emotional? There's some underlying issue?
2: No, but I, no, I don't think so. There is, okay. there can be, there can be, and that's when you're using it as a. It's an addiction. You're using mm. it to deal with your emotional issues, like you would any like alcohol or shopping. It's a what Tara Brock calls the false refuge. But then there's this other thing, which is just as you age, it's, and if you just have a are eating too many calories for the age you are, and you're just gaining weight, and you're like I don't know why, you have to then think about being mindful about how do I want to, what do I, what am I saying no to so I can say yes to this? I think that being skinny is not necessarily, like, the best, most important thing. Mm. Like, I think that we should expand our view of what is okay to look like, right? Yeah. And that's that whole movement, what's it called? Um, healthy at any weight? Is that what it is?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I. Yeah, there was a great campaign about it. Um, right. It's not love me at any weight or something, but yes. But you can't be healthy and
2: be, like, not the way people are always thinking i've got to be the weight i was when i was 20 or the weight that someone else is you have a healthy range
0: you know and And naturally it's going to change and
2: yeah but there is an unhealthy place to be which if you age in that being 50 pounds overweight you're going to wreck your joints you're going to be unhappy so you know i don't think it's always an emotional thing but food is emotional right for all of us Oh my gosh. Makes us happy. Oh
1: my gosh! I've eaten some food <laughs> It made me cry. It was so delicious.
2: <laughs> See, that like about Easily,
1: true. easily. And so. you're a baker, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I actually had to put in my two weeks yesterday. Wah, wah. Oh,
0: you did for Farmers, yeah, Fishers, Bakers. Yeah, yeah, They're
1: pretty mad at me, but whatever. Well, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure they loved having you. So,
1: and I like being there. But yeah, no, uh, no longer will I be there. But I do. I do love to bake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. What do you bake?
1: Uh, oh, everything. like the brioche a lot. That's my fave. Brioche. Oh, he's yeah. amazing
0: at making it. You make, make it great. tons of
1: brioche. Yeah. So,
0: so if somebody wants to give up dieting, if mm-hmm. they're on that diet cycle, they've gained and lost 30, 40, 50 pounds, uh-huh. they just want to love. And, and like we talked about, I mean, it was really a letting go of that image for me because we were on. I was working at Fox 5, I was on Hot 99.5, and um, I'll tell people this all the time, but people would write to me and go, oh my gosh, you're so pretty, but are you pregnant? Yeah. Like, or you know, people would go, wow, you used to be really hot, but what happened? Like, people would write all this to me all the time, on Twitter, everywhere. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to have confidence going on the morning show, going on Fox 5, yeah. And knowing that you're basically up for judgment by anyone. And I think, and now, because of social media, right, we all are. Right. Right. If you put a picture out on the internet and someone goes, geez, you look great, but you've gained weight. So many people that
2: have issues, and not even personalities that are out there in the public, but just because they have, you know, dysmorphia, they don't know really what they look like, they don't like the way they look, they're... They won't
0: take pictures, and they won't let people <gasps> post pictures. And well, I know a, people
1: yeah. like that. I yeah. definitely know people like that. You
0: have yeah, to tell it. this story because when you told this to me, it was so. This broke my heart. But but you actually know people, or, or you deal with some clients sometimes that will not take a picture with their family and put it on Facebook. That's because very they hate. common.
2: That's not uncommon.
0: <clears throat> that breaks my heart. It is.
2: It's really sad for them too, and it's like it's just such a an emotional thing to to. Also we don't know really what we and we all have pictures we hate, right? But getting congruent with who you are. It's okay the size that I am, it's okay, you know what I mean, inside yes. is a really hard thing to do. It's not a small
1: thing. Well, I have a question so okay, so like when Sarah posts a picture, right? She said people to so like oh my god, da, 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 you're so hot, or oh my gosh, looks like you gained weight, what's wrong? Like but yet I can post a picture where it clearly shows that I am way hairier, way bigger, way different than I was and even if maybe one person says something, it just rolls off my skin. Like, is like, what do you think is the true root of that? Like, why is you know me as a guy just like, oh, it's either I, a, I'm not even getting the attention, and b, it doesn't bother me. But then Sarah, it seems like she gets all that negative attention. Yeah, you know, is that you think is that like, I don't even is there is that a question you can even answer?
2: Uh, well, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I think yes. it has to do with gender bias and sexism okay. and patriarchy and women as objects. Women, you know, traditionally, just look at. Places where it's still true that a woman is owned by a guy, a man, her father, and he gives her away to a husband. And
1: well, uh, I guess my question, because a lot of times it's women that write this on Sarah's thing. So what is it like mentally that's making them go like, oh, you know what? Even though I know this is some patriarchal, you know, like BS, like you know, I'm kind of being forced to do. Why am I still writing it?
2: Internalized sexism. Yeah. Just like internalized, you know, racism. Or homophobia
1: mm-hmm.
2: a lot that happens a lot right where people turn on themselves even not mm. just on not just on other women or other people of their race or whatever they turn on themselves because it's internalized what the culture teaches us but you're so right I mean and women have have to deal with it much more than men do in terms of body image and weight and whether we diet or don't diet but it's very much and I mean it's everywhere but really here in this country it's so hard for girls to get past puberty without being shamed and stuck on a dieting treadmill it's really
0: you bring up a great point about women shaming other women Mm -hmm. which which i have to say i mean since i've seen you and every once in a while i'll get a you know i'll get trolled or whatever and it really doesn't bother me anymore because we we kind of learned this great practice where Mm It was almost like having great empathy for someone who would write on my Facebook or take the time to email me. Um, You know, I once had a woman take, honestly, write a two-page email of basically all the things that I could improve and how much better I would be with my life. And I just thought to myself, where that I would have spent Now, before I'd seen you, I would have spent, oh, my God, so much time just being angry, couldn't wait to write her back and tell her to fuck off, like, all this stuff, (laughs) you know. But then when she wrote that, I had such great sympathy. I thought to myself, how much you must hate yourself to Mm -hmm. write this long an email to someone about all the things that they could, how they could look better, take better care of themselves. So. Is that really what you kind of advise? But
2: that's mindfulness, right? Because mm. you noticed a reaction, but you didn't go with that reaction. You paused, and you were like, wait. So you took out the binoculars. You know, you thought, oh, what is it like from where she is? Mm. What's ha-? So when you pause like that and think, well, this is upsetting me, that's really, those emotions are about you. And you can bring loving kindness to it, loving attention. Oh my gosh, this triggers me so much. This is really about my history of, weight issues from childhood you know working on it in yourself and then but what's wrong with her what's going on that she would be doing this to me yeah being mean to me right and bring loving attention to that so you're thinking about and this is what couples have to do too right instead of just reacting i hate him you know why is he being mean to me what's going on from his side
0: that he has to say something mean right now to me what's happening here Oh, my God. I love that. I love, love, love that. Um, Okay. One of the other things, I think, too, and um, I want your advice on this and then just a couple other things. But um, So, for women, because I think a lot of women want to be entrepreneurs. They want to be bosses. Um, So, how do you do that without being a bitch or is it fine to be a bitch like how do we overcome that you know because I really am on this path of you know making this podcast amazing and putting right. it all out there on the line and I just see myself sometimes still being way too mm. nice like yeah. do you think you have to be a bitch to succeed
1: wait can I answer this question because if I'm the one that's going to be bitched at the answer is no alright No. I but if you're saying hypothetically you, speaking I then yes do answer go away. go away I adore absolutely. you
2: no yeah. what do you think no, I don't think... But what is that? I hate that word, really. Bitch. Being a bitch. Yeah. yeah. There's no equivalent in... We can't say a guy's being a bitch. I mean, we can say it, but what does it mean? It means... Does it mean you're being assertive and um, strong? Or does it mean you're being, you know, annoying and nagging? You know? It's like, why... How do we... In other words, how do we be assertive and strong? And it's okay
0: if mm. we're assertive and strong.
2: And that book... Uh, lean in, which, so you know, good. It's a really good book. I have mixed things about. It. I think everybody should lean out instead of everybody. <laughs> like men should lean out instead of women leaning in. But I do think that it speaks to this really strong way.
0: Yeah, that's that, a Sheryl Sandberg book, yes, by the way. Yeah,
2: interesting. That, to how me. can women just? And she talks about how in in meetings where there's you know women that are top of their class at Harvard Law and everything will defer and be and be well. This might not be a good idea, but you know, instead of just like, I have a good idea, and I'm going to say it, and if you yeah. don't like it, screw you. You know what I mean? That's just, we're taught to be accommodating.
0: I mean, it's been so interesting because launching this podcast and turning down a job, and, you know, um, it's just put myself all out there. and uh, yeah, you really know, yeah, it really has. Yeah, and it's been, I think, too, just you have changed my life so much. And one of the other things you taught me is that, no matter what, you're gonna get people that criticize you, don't like you, but right. So what? Right. So what? You know. I mean, that's what you really helped you give mean me. Thinking like you don't, you don't have to please everybody. You don't have to please everyone because yeah. you're never gonna anyway. Right. Exactly. Um, I want to change gears a bit because I, I have a lot of friends that you know. One of the things you always say to me, and it resonates in in therapy, is you always say to me, you know, you're fortunate that you haven't had childhood trauma. And yeah. I think when you say that, what you're meaning is that you weren't abused, you weren't mm-hmm. sexually abused, you weren't right. raped. As What do you say? Because I've had friends that have had those experiences. And fr- as a friend... I feel like their life and relationships mm-hmm. remain very, very toxic because right. they haven't dealt with those issues. Right. And, I mean, like I said, everyone I meet, I go, oh, my God, therapy. Mm-hmm. Don't care how happy you are right <laughs> now. Therapy. <laughs> but for people listening who maybe have suffered yeah. that childhood uh, trauma, um, I think what I hear a lot of times is they don't want to go back and rehash it. Right. What do you say to people like that? Trauma therapy. Trauma therapy there are so
2: many really good trauma therapists and the ways that people the what we understand about trauma today and how we deal with it when you're trained as a trauma therapist which I've done a little bit of training and I'm not really if someone came to me with severe developmental trauma like through childhood I would send them to a trauma therapist and it's really not about reliving it and you don't even have to necessarily talk about it but mm. when it doesn't matter whether you talk about it or not when you think about it you react to it and you need to normalize like find ways of bringing um self-soothing and comfort to those moments of thinking about it and i think talking about it can really help too and everybody's different but trauma therapy today is like state of the art it's so powerful and really makes a difference huge difference for people
0: well i love your saying what you resist persists yeah and I can, you can see that in, you know, friends' relationships um, mm-hmm. who have suffered trauma therapy. Something happened to them in their childhood. And then right. it's like their relationships, as they get older, always hit a stumbling block. Yeah, and that's attachment.
2: And that's you know, attachment, okay. The, the theories of attachment really affect couples and couples mm. therapy. And when you don't have a secure attachment when you're a child, if, you're, if your primary caregiver who's supposed to be protecting and loving you is hurting you, Mm-hmm. and you have to stay with them and love them and at the same time that creates really chaotic state of, of in your mind am I secure and safe you're not secure and safe so having a secure attachment that has to be happen and it can happen uh, you can develop that in relationship yes. but you know therapists can really help you see where you're really reacting from a you know if you if you have an insecure attachment model you will withdraw and avoid, or you will go toward and cling and be anxious Mm. and not just secure with healthy boundaries, you know, that we've talked about.
0: So what's the sign of a good therapist? So somebody listening today who's either suffered trauma or wants to start mindful living, Mm. mindful eating, wants to start couples therapy, so maybe they live in Virginia or Maryland, um, and they're Googling a therapist, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what's the sign of a good therapist? When you first go in. Uh, well, you, the most important thing in therapy is that you have a
2: good, trusting connection with that therapist. It doesn't matter what model they use. And this is in the research. The outcome doesn't go run by what what model is used. It's by if you feel safe and connected to that therapist. And when anybody comes to me, I always tell them, you know, give them a free 30-minute session and say, "Let's." I want you to see if you feel good here. Because if you don't, I'll refer you to someone else, and that's the most important thing. You have to be a very... A proactive consumer, you're the the client. Is should be in charge of that. So if you go to someone and it doesn't feel right for whatever reason, just say, "Yeah, this doesn't feel right. I need someone else. Can you refer me to someone else?" Okay, and it shouldn't be that. personal. And this is the part where yeah. therapy is both a business transaction and it's very personal and it's very much of a relationship. So you have to be willing to say, you know, no, this isn't right, right? And yes, yeah. And same with couples therapy both of you have to like that therapist and feel safe and comfortable.
0: Yes, and you told me that right from the start, which yes. I loved, loved, loved. Right. Um, okay, so Sammy, and I want to ask if you're taking on new clients because people always ask me about you. Um, Sammy wanted to ask you yesterday, do you think I still really need therapy or do you think it's just become like a religion for me and a, <laughs> and like a crutch?
1: That was, was going to wait till the end to ask that <laughs> one. <laughs> so I was curious, like, you know, like does she really truly still need it or is it more or less like kind of like a, like a religious thing? Like she's kind of going to church every Sunday and just kind of helps her <laughs> I'm gonna go renew. Knew guidelines. her faith, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, I'm a collaborative therapist. I leave it up to the client. You know, I don't say, like, you're yeah. oh. done. You know, this is totally, and I think what I, my, the model I use is once someone is sort of over whatever crisis brought them in and they feel safe and they feel comfortable, and then it's just as needed. Right. Oh my god! Please,
0: I'll need you forever. <laughs> the next step is us recording, like our entire session. <laughs> I'm like, when Sammy and I have a reality slash talk show, yeah. you will be a regular. Oh, I mean, that'd be fun. I, I have was, had a,
2: th- a session filmed once, which was I did. I was seeing a, someone that was on The Biggest Loser. Yes. And they filmed one of our sessions. And when they're filming a session, it's not really a session. Because you yeah. can't really...
1: <laughs> They, like, stop it and go, actually, wait, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that question one yeah. more time? We're okay, going to refilm this segment. We're going to refilm. All right, got to do the exact same convo, but now from this angle. Oh,
0: yeah. no, well, Robin, I have plans for us. I mean, someday I want us to write a book. And then, oh, much like Oprah, I mean, Oprah bought into Weight Watchers? No, yeah. I'm buying into you. Which I think is... Don't even get me started on that. I think that's so crazy that she yeah. did that. But anyway, um, I feel like you and I, I just want to do seminars for people. Because... Yeah. I feel like mindfulness is you can have such a healthy, wonderful yeah. relationship with food. You can eat anything. I mean now I keep cookies, I keep chocolate in my house yeah. and I don't have to worry about me going home. You're and not addicted eating the box. to food anymore. I'm no longer addicted. Yeah. It's a life life changing. Yeah. yeah. And that's so great. You know, you really do realize like if you don't have a great handle on food, and I'm sure that applies for alcohol or whatever, everything else in your life it's, just goes from there. Yeah. That's right. Are you taking on new clients? Where can people find you?
2: Yes, I am taking clients, and you can find me online, robinmize.com.
0: It's R-I-B-I-N. R-O-B-I-N.
1: R-I-B-U-R-G, exclamation point, high symbol, W, dot com.
0: Stuff I can really spell. Uh, okay.
2: Robin, R-O-B-I-N-M-I-Z-E, uh, <clears throat> dot com. I have a website. Oh, my God. And I want to just tell people that are really struggling with eating issues actively right now. The book Women, Food, and God (gasps) by
0: Janine Roth is a lifesaver. A saber We need to actually do a whole nother session and have you come Such in and just book. talk about that. That book completely mm-hmm. changed my life. Because it really did, it does make you realize, and this took me a long time to get there. Life is more than just what you look like. Right. You know, and that's the hardest part, I think. And not even now anymore for women, it's men. I mean, I yeah. have so many men that are so struggling with their body image. It's mm-hmm. just unbelievable. Yeah. Because I think we put such great emphasis on what you look like and what you look like. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, Robin! Love, love, love. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank in. Thank you, Sarah. This the... is so fun. Oh my God, I am really just fun. so excited. I love and... your podcast. You guys are—it's really great. Oh, thank you. So exciting. <laughs> 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 We'll—you'll be back on for sure because okay. we're going to do some other themes awesome. of just books thank and you. things we love. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. Bye, Sammy. All right, Sarah, you ready? I'm ready. We're out. Follow us on social media. It's at HeyFrage on Instagram and Twitter, at TheSammyK on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow. With Marilee Bradley from the blog Amusing Marilee. Ah. She has four adopted kids, and she wrote a blog, which has gone viral. And it was to the white parents of my black son's friends. Very, very powerful. She'll be on the show, and we'll be testing our phone line for the first time. Mañana on the podcast. Mañana on the podcast. Bye, everybody. Ciao.